Welcome to the Detail Solutions Podcast. My name is Alex Russell and I am your host. This is another what's on your mind minus Jason. Um, I don't know where he is. Um, we're going to put his picture on a uh, milk carton here if he doesn't start showing up. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, listen, um, I appreciate everybody. Episodes have been getting crazy numbers lately. I really appreciate it. Um, for anybody who's new to jumping on um, and listening to us, I really appreciate it. Um, but please, you know, like, share, subscribe to the podcast, hit the notification button. So when the new episodes drop, you guys get those notifications that there's a new episode. Um, the social media links um, are usually always in the show notes, but it's the Detail Solutions Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Starting to upload a few of these videos to YouTube um, if you guys want to go and actually watch. So like the one we did with the Gloucester University guys, if you want to watch Noxy be Noxy um, and get a little chuckle, you can watch that one. Also the one that we just did the other night with um, detail is roadmap. Um, that one's on YouTube because Chris did a lot of share screen. So he was showing as he was talking like different things on the websites that he's built. You can go and kind of see that on the YouTube page. We also have the detail solutions podcast discussion group on Facebook. And that's where you guys can go and uh, make comments um, positive or negative, any suggestions of um show topics or guests that you guys would like to see. Um, that's always cool because it gives me an idea of, you know, what to do as far as a, a show topic or for a guest. Um, or, I mean, you could kind of do like Jason Kilmer did. We'll get to him in a minute. And you can just call me and be like, hey, I got an episode. I got some people I want to come on and we'll put it together. Um, and so for everybody who's going to SDC and... Uh, Lexington, Kentucky, June 4th and 5th. We have a code for that. It's Alex15. Save you 15% off of your ticket prices, whether it's for the show, the show, the education, or the show, the education, and the um, awards banquet dinner um, that night. Um, also that weekend, we have um, Gloss University going on in Wisconsin. Um, uh, I'm going to be there. So you know, if you don't want to come see the guys in KXK or Rupus or O'Burke, come see me. Um, I'll be there hanging out, learning some stuff, um, talking about some stuff. Um, so again, tonight's episode was, uh, you know, Kilmer called me uh, about a couple of weeks ago and he said, hey, I've got this idea. You know, I'd love to talk about disaster detailing. Um, you know, Larry Casilla is doing all these barn find things on um uh, YouTube right now. There's some other guys doing these types of thing. I'd like to talk about it. And, and I said, I said, let's do it. You know, who do you want to have come on? And he's like, you know, let's bring Eddie Foos on and let's get Brian Guy on. And I'm like, done deal. Like, you know, I'll make phone calls. I'll make it happen. So here we are, Eddie Fuza, Brian Guy, Jason Kilmer. How are you guys doing? Hey. <laughs> I'm Happy doing Monday. good. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you for right. having us. Yeah, definitely, definitely been a Monday. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has been a Monday. Um, so Kilmer, kind of, you know, describe it. Um, because you know, disaster detailing, I, I think like you know, you see those uh interior photos on online where you know it's like 
looks like uh, somebody's lived in the car for 18 years of McDonald's cups and things like that. But you kind of have like a different idea about it. So um, kind of explain it on how you were talking to me about it. And then and then we can kind of jump in. I know you guys have some stories and tricks and tips and things like that. Sure. Well, I mean, now we all know disaster details is really popular now, you know, and, and the interiors picking up all the muck and the dirt and all that, you know, that's a big deal now. And yeah. there's channels out there, we all know them, that have created hundreds of thousands of subscribers because of disaster details. That's not really my take on disaster details, nor is it Eddie's or nor is it Brian's. There, there's two ways you can look at that. A disaster detail to clean it is one thing, but you have to clean it. And then what Eddie does and what I've done on the paint and what Brian's done, you clean it and then you restore it to the best of what that material can be restored to without destroying it. Right. And that's where we're probably, you're talking to three of the guys that are probably our, uh, have seen more high dollar cars than probably most of the world has seen. I yeah. mean, if you were, if you were to add up the cars that we've all touched, or the, or the, or the total years of experience. Yeah. 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 So, you know, so that's my take on, it. I mean, I think it's really cool. Um, I, I enjoy watching those videos. I watch them. You yeah. know, when you see the progression of, where Larry's channel's gone, you know, he he was doing high-end exotics. Now he's doing literally these barn fine cars that yeah, have yeah. been, you know, neglected and stuff. Um, you know, I, I wish he'd go into it in depth a little bit more on his process. Um, but nonetheless, I, I, I still think it's cool. And I, I watch him. Um, I enjoy it. And I, I consider Eddie as the, the he... <laughs> He's the Jesus of uh, Amen. Uh, restoration details. I mean, you yeah. see some of the stuff he did and has done, and I'm scratching my head, and I know what he's doing, and I'm like, <laughs> it's just, it's Eddie's at a different level. For sure. For sure he is. Yeah. You're, you're a mad genius. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason, I think it's a great topic, though, because also at the same time we see so much of this modern day car news where it's like you know clean polish protect and protect you know taking the uh taking the taking the mainstream with everything with you know codons and the ceramic term being tossed around and in regards to what you said you know if you take a piece of material and clean it and restore it the focus is not to protect that piece of piece of material but it is to be able to treat it in a kind way that's not going to damage it or further damage it and this by itself is of extreme value yeah it is i mean we're, we're trying to restore something that's really beyond restoring uh, i know right. i'm working on that dodge dakota i'm working on alex we talked about this morning yeah and you're like well how are you doing that i'm like well I'm doing it in a fashion because I have a, 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 I have a purpose and a knowledge. I know where I need to go. So I take the steps very slowly to try to get to where I'm going. But in the know-how, knowing that 
something's going to go wrong. So with that being said, you need the know-how to fix it because something is going to go wrong because there is a, there is a, a, a point of no return. Um, yeah. you know, so it's like, well, there's so many different materials, like you said, yeah. you know, we got crumbs, rubbers, plastics, different types of plastics, vinyls and things like that, you know, so, you know, understanding the material and where it's at in its life cycle to be able to treat it properly is, it's a difficult thing to just, you know, like I have to, you know, I, I reply to some emails during the course of my day a lot. And, you know, I, I always have to ask for a photo, you know, at least something, you know, because you can't just base it off of, oh, okay, here's the, here's the one-time fix and this is what's going to do it for you. Right. You know, so, um, you know, but treating it as it's supposed to be treated is a, is you know that's a it's a difficult thing depending on that age cycle deterioration right because it's not like you can just you know start power washing i mean eddie, eddie you and i were talking earlier today i mean kind of different subject but maybe you know kind of along the same lines is you know when you were talking about that detailer that was using a power washer on a uh what was it that 40 lm you know, or whatever. And, you know, I mean, like, you don't know how the paint's gonna, you know, be after maybe so many years of sitting in a barn or garage or whatever, you know, you, that's not the first thing you want to do is take a power washer to a car you're not sure of. So like, how do you yeah. guys assess that, you know, and, and go into, you know, that cleaning stage first? Gen KO is an all around multi-cleaner capable of removing light to moderate water spots, grease and grime. My name is Jennifer Turcott, and after 22 years in the detailing industry, I'm so proud to have a product that is helping my fellow detailers around the world. I've tested Gen KO for more than two years before the final ready to use product was produced. To get your own, you can contact me directly or go to www.igocodingsusa.com, contact your local IGL distributor or installer, and pick your bottle up today. And don't forget to share your experience on social media using the hashtag GenKOMix. Well, if I may, uh, what I found that, first of all, I'm not a, I'll tell you right now, I do own a, a power washer, but a, I have an electric one and I only use it basically to clean perhaps wheels or rims. I yeah. don't use it on car paints. And one of the reasons I don't use it on car paint most of the time is because I really don't know if there's been aftermarket paint on cars. And I see that a lot. I see, you know, newer cars that have been repainted. Right. And uh, as you do your, you know, you start investigating, <clears throat> looking around the car, okay, it's got a blend, it's got this. And you really don't know if something might flake off. You really don't know. And I've always been concerned about that because uh, sometimes you will come across a car that, uh, it was just totally painted wrong and it, it, it takes, you know, the wrong technique or the wrong approach and water of all things can be the, the, the what spoils the day, you know, right. you're there, you know, with a power washer and woo, here comes a huge flake of paint flies right off the car. And, uh, you know, again, power washers, when I work on a lot of cars, uh, vintage cars, for example, 
uh, not necessarily too much of the barn fine or whatever, but anything vintage, very old, or even kind of like, you know, in the 90s, 2000s, whatever. A lot of those cars have open engine bay areas, right? Which uh, in some cases, you're if you're dealing with just regular tap water, like I personally use a deionizer for right. all my cleansing, period. I don't take a chance. Uh, but there are things you got to, you know, first, uh, I've spoken this with Brian earlier about, for example, if it's going to be one of those cars that I'm used to, no, uh, let me say it again. If, if it's one of those cars that I have had uh, experience with in the past, and I know that these cars were known to leak, I immediately will give it a different approach. And there are a lot of vintage cars out there that the, the weather seal around the windows, side windows, uh, driver's door and all that window, the, the water gets in. Yeah. So there's a different approach to all that. And I was telling Brian, uh, you know, sometimes you, you've got to put blankets in there. You got to put something to absorb, you know, any water that goes into the car, period. In the trunk, if there is a trunk, because you don't know what's going to happen. And uh, I've seen cars ruined because of that. People washing the car and then all of a sudden water just comes in. Uh, one unique story that happened to me and it wasn't my fault. Uh, they bring me like a million and a half dollar Daytona brand spanking new restoration, brand new restoration. The owner calls me, Hey Eddie, the car's going to go to Cavalino. I need you just to do your magic, whatever they, you know how they say. And, uh, I said, yeah, sure. So he brought it in. It was not really in there for a paint correction or anything like that. I was just there to get a refresh. It just came from the mechanics from the body shop. So I said, oh, okay. He goes, yeah, we just need you to wash it, you know, and, and wax it or whatever. And I said, no, no problem. We just had it completely redone. I think the restoration was over $150,000, $200,000 on this restoration on this car. Oh. And uh, I was like, yeah, no problem. It's, you know, it's normal to me to work on cars like that. And man, you know, I got my water hose and I remember not even putting a, uh, a sprayer on it. And I usually run the water straight from the hose and I turn down the water because I don't want to uh, cause a lot of beads. So I start from the roof and I start gently just letting the water do its thing. Now on Daytona's, uh, you got to be careful. You got to cover the engines because uh, it's not like some cars that the Daytona's have uh, like a scoops where air, you know, from the engine yeah. uh circulates right uh to cool down the engine or whatever and the thing is that if you run water on a daytona hood water's going to go straight into the engine period yeah so you cover it and you you know you, you you keep an eye on that and uh anyway so i'm here putting water on the roof i just started and i like to keep an eye on everything when i'm doing things i'm not like you know playing around like look right. this way that way on my phone no nah, you know when i'm doing something i stay very dedicated to it and fortunately for me, I was looking, I was on the passenger side and I'm looking for some, for some reason, I, my eyes started looking at the corner of the dashboard and I said, and, and this dashboard has what we, we call it mouse hair, Alcantara, whatever. Right. And oh my God, it started to, a pool of water started to just come into the car, into the dashboard. And I said, 
holy mackerel, what? The, you know, I turned off the water. You know, I said, oh my God, look at this dashboard. It's so soaked. And you can't use a wet vac. You can forget that or any extract because, I mean, it's, 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 it's an Alcantara. You know, you right. can't suck out because you'll mess up the dash. So immediately got towels, got everything we could find to absorb all this water. Fortunately, you know, we checked the car. We didn't start it. We looked under the dash. We were going crazy, man. I hope we don't start a fire here if we start this car. So we, we were like super concerned. And uh, anyway, I called the owner. I showed them the video, the pictures. And I said, man, this just happened. You're going to have to call the restoration shop and let them know that they did not seal the wind, your windshield. Yeah. Water is getting into the windshield, through the windshield. And luckily, because everything was new, nothing happened to the Alcantara. It didn't stain. It didn't do anything. And of course, I was using deionized water, which right. is a big, that's important because if it would have been hard water, God knows what it could have done. The stains and, you know, the minerals from the hard water. I don't know. I just know that, thank God that I use DI water because I know that DI water in the long run will evaporate, dry and wouldn't it leave any type of residue behind regardless. And that's a known fact. And, uh, and that's why I love using DI systems because I know that if I'm cleaning uh, zinc plating, cadmium plating, uh, you know, hardware that is old in some cases, it, it won't mess with that. It, it would just, you know, it would just leave it normal, back to normal. Yeah. Uh, so got that done cleaned up the car but with that said going back to an lm f40 for example when you clean a car like that you cannot put water in a car and get a hose like you wash your regular car every day you cannot do that you shouldn't do that people that do it you know man all power to them but here's the, <laughs> here's the thing so when they had done this and i was called to detail the car because the the person had, that had washed it I guess they were asked to just wash the car uh, because the car just came from a transport, but they're not thinking, you know, you don't wash a car like this, like a traditional car. Right. So they went with a power washer, just kind of rinsing the dust and all this. And, and it's crazy, but that's single stage paint. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, when I get the car, I looked at it, I looked in the engine, I looked at some areas and I said, man, there's something going on here, you know? So me and one of the guys, I said, let's take out the front nose of the car. So we disconnected the whole front nose because that's how it is on those race cars. Yeah. So it, the whole front nose slides out. I said, listen, if I got to get all this water out because they use water and it was hard water, regular water. And sure enough, almost all the hardware that I call it kind of naked, you know, like it might, it, it, it might've either lost its zinc plating or right. just was raw. It had flash rust on it already. I mean, from, I'm talking about from one day to the other, it was already yeah. had rust on it. The engine bay, same thing, a bunch of areas by the belts and all this, the pulleys all rusted out. And I said, Whoa, this is serious stuff. You know, this is not something you, you kind of just say, well, how do I get into the back of the back of the engine without taking the engine out? I can't. Yeah. So there were areas that I could not do anything because I cannot reach. But I did notice that, you know, a lot of the, the components had flash rust on it. And immediately I took care of what I could get my hands on. 
but it teaches you that, man, just because you have a car, you know, that you have a water hose on one hand and you have this type of car that does not, you know, say, oh, let's just put water on the car. There's other means. I know a lot of people might say, oh, I got to put water on a car to wash it, not a scratch it. Well, that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Because remember, a lot of these cars, you just can't. You cannot put water in some of these cars because they're race cars and they have Lexan type windows. They have sliders. Yeah. You throw water in there, you can have a puddle of water inside the car. Yeah. With all yeah. <laughs> exactly. You can't. So you got to be kind of like, you know, okay, well, this is when I have to, you know, use another method, you know, two buckets, three buckets, whatever you want to use, but don't get a sprayer and start spraying the car because you don't know where that water is going to roll itself into. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that to me is important that when I work on any car, uh, regardless if it's barn, barn fine or, you know, modern cars, we're not that worried about. But there are things that I look for that I say, okay, well, before I put any water on this car, let me look at here. Let me look at there. Let me see where the water is going to travel. To me, that's important. Yeah. People might not think that because I work with a lot of, you know, cars with, with, uh, with engines that are opened in the back and water goes into them. And I'm thinking, well, I need to cover this. Yeah. For whatever reason, you know, I mean, some people say, yeah, but if it rains water, yeah, but it's different. Is your oh, man, can somebody turn that down? Hey, I wanted to tell you how the Detailers Roadmap has increased leads and boosted my website's optimization on Google. The whole process from start to finish was a breeze, and the Detailers Roadmap staff was there every step of the way. They have a full team of writers and designers to communicate with during your development, and with the Detailers Roadmap, your site is built to convert and rank high on Google's main page. So go to detailersroadmap.com and start your new site design today. When it rains, it just rains. It channels itself in a different way than flooding it with water from right. water hose. Big difference. And it could cause problems. And I've learned that, man, you know, when I'm going to do something like that, I evaluate the whole situation and see where it takes me. And then I kind of like, okay, my next uh, uh, thing to do is this and that. And so I kind of have like a, a plan an action, you know, a plan of action, you know, what I'm going to do next before yes. I personally don't like to use the foam cannons. I never have. That's not my, my thing. I know guys love it and all that. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. Just looks I, cool in videos. That's about it. I can't do that. I can't have a car. In, you know, washing it here in Florida, the, the you know, 90, 100 degrees. And you know how hot the surfaces, surfaces get? Oh, yeah. I, I'm not that fast to, to, to go from the front to the back of the car to remove the soap yeah. you know, and clean the car. So I figure if I'm going to soap a car, I'm going to start in one area and rinse it, start in another area, rinse it. And this way I have more control and I don't keep the soap you know, on those areas, because again, there could be delicate areas and cars are, are completely changing. You know, materials are changing on cars, yeah. uh, metals, plastics, all kinds of stuff. And you just don't really know what it can do. Yeah. So I try to always say, well, if I put soap on, it's coming off. Yeah. Once I, 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 I clean it. I've noticed that on um, some of those uh, piano black finishes, you know, like on yeah. the trims of the doors and stuff. Like, yep. like if I, like, usually if I'm washing a car, I'll foam it, but 
usually I'm trying to do it earlier in the morning and I'll just foam it real quick and then rinse it real quick just to kind of knock yeah. off the, the heavier debris before I'll pull it in and do a, a rinseless system on it. And I've noticed right. a couple of times, if I, like you said, if I'm not fast enough, the, the piano black trim pieces will get water spots on them. And I don't think it's, oh, yeah. I don't think it's water spots. It's probably just soap residue spots right. because I do have exactly. a DI system that, you know, right. runs, runs spot-free water. Um, but yeah, I've noticed that, you know, it won't spot up on the actual paint, but it's just on those piano black finishes, um, that I've started noticing, you know, when, when it's a little bit hot out now, like it has been. I had a pro I had a problem once with a 430 that had old film and the film was like, I don't know, 15 years old, you know, the 3M films, yeah. 18 years old. And I just, just washing the car, just washing the car normally. And I knew that the film was old. And luckily, you know, I caught it on time and all of a sudden I see on the front nose and on the hood, the water was kind of like doing something weird. You know, the foam, I mean, the film was so old that it was like sponging in the water oh, wow. and it was stained and it was staining and darkening the film. Oh, wow. It goes away as soon as it, you know, evaporates, yeah. it dries, but it was kind of like, wow, you know, and I, you know, I told the owner, man, listen. You're way overdue. You got to take all the film off. <laughs> Look what happened here, you know? Yeah. Uh, but even even something as film, water, it was so, I was noticing it was causing some sort of degree of an issue, you know, yeah. that I don't need that problem. You know, I mean, I'm not here to, you know, install, or remove film. I'm here to detail the car and not to, and plus you couldn't even detail the film because it was so old that you touch it and it was even sticky. Yeah. It was that old. Um, and I didn't realize that the water, was gonna make a scenario of oh look i'm gonna be all stained up for you yeah and i was like oh my goodness you know so sometimes we got to be careful with our approach with certain cars or certain scenarios uh, right you know so i can't imagine with barn finds uh, you know it's one of those things that you know you don't know where you're going to get yourself into yeah um, you know you sit in the car and the seat falls apart I yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know Jason and Brian, how do you guys approach it when you, you know, whether it's a, you know, a disaster detail or even like what Eddie's was saying, you know, where it maybe it's a, you know, an older classic, you know, you know, high end exotic or one of or something like that. Well, I've never touched a, a car, a hot rod with water ever in 22 right. years. Okay. I've always done a rinseless wash or Yep. I just spray it with sprayway window cleaner. A, spray it away. It's it's <laughs> it's foam, and I have control, and I can see, and I just scoop up the foam. People are saying, "Well, you're going to scratch." I'm like, "Okay, I'll scratch it. Not a big deal. Surface scratches, but what if I get water in a component or a custom-made piece that doesn't come out?" Right. Like Eddie said, now I have minerals and deposits in there that will. People don't realize water is a solvent. If you don't neutralize it and you don't dry it off, it's going to continue to do what you don't want it to do. Right. And it's an abrasive. It is. And I, I don't think a lot of newer detailers realize that, you know, because the, the trend is foam cannon, right? Thick yeah. foam, which I have my own thoughts on the thick foam. It doesn't do anything. It's like shaving cream. Yeah. If it's not, <laughs> yeah. if it's not rolling down and moving, it's not doing anything to the dirt. 
it's just staying there. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you know, you got three guys here. They're super experienced. They're telling you about the same thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's my whole take on it. Is you, I see. Go ahead, Jason. Oh, you just have to know what you're working on and, yeah. and look at the vehicle. Don't just do your normal routine. Every you every car is unique and it has its own challenges and its own problems. And before you take a bazooka to it, you have to take it off in layers and see the more time you spend around a car, the more you see negative. Usually, usually you see an area that you're like, oh, like Eddie said, flaking paint. Yeah. You know, and then you know, everybody wants to tape everything. I have damaged more and peeled off more yep. paint by yep. taping it than not taping it and just staying away from that area. Yep. Especially the black trims, right? Oh, yeah. the oh, black God. trims. It's uh, terrible. On the, because uh, everybody uses, yeah. everybody uses, a lot of people use a uh, rattle can. Yeah. So yeah. What will happen is they'll, they'll just touch it up with a rattle can and then you're trying to do what, you know, what protect we've been it. taught to do yeah. to protect it because we don't want to mess it up or we don't want to stain it. And then all of a sudden, later when you're done Peel doing right some polishing around the roof or the window, and then you take the thing, and then all of a sudden you get like 12 inches of black paint just came off. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> been there, and done that, that. Yeah, and I've been there, done that. And, you know, to me, it's, it's not a big deal because I fix it myself. Yeah. I come prepared. I fix it. But yeah. it's a pain. I didn't come to do that. I, you know, I didn't come to paint. <laughs> right, right. You know, I didn't yeah. come prepared mentally, you know, to start, oh, man, now that I got to – you know, a lot sucks, of those man. tapes too. There's a lot of tapes that uh, you know, like if we if we if we read the fine print, it'll tell you that it hasn't like a basically like an adhesive time factor to it. You Correct. know, and it, yeah, you know, so, yeah. like, and it's very common on those pieces of uh, you know, trim. If you're peeling the tape off, even if it's just been on there for 30 minutes, you know, there's a there's a whole trace of adhesive film, you know, that that gets left behind um whether we see it or not you know what i mean but i can guarantee you it's there but then if we allow the paint or i'm sorry if we allow the the uh the uh adhesive from the from the masking tape to set on there even longer like i said it has a it most tapes have different times to them as far as what they would recommend to at least get it off of the surface that it's on so, yeah, well, yeah what i normally do is is i'll put the tape on my leg and take off the adhesive that way, yeah, if right, I have right. an issue, it's just on there resting. That's you don't need it to be locked and loaded. We're not paying the correct, car. correct. And yeah, then yeah. when I'm done doing that area, I gently take the tape off because I've yep, had yep. way too many issues with gnarly, barely left on their paint jobs that you look at it and you you you're rounded enough and you pull off enough paint, you can look at a paint job and go, eh, something's not right. We're we're just gonna stay away from this area. Our next sponsor is hands down one of my favorite polishing systems. The easy to use combo for one and two step polishing makes it extremely versatile and capable of perfect results every time. And it's definitely my go-to. The polish systems perform amazing, but what I like most is minimal dusting and a balanced product and it's paint assassins approved. So check out abertcarcare.com to find out more about their amazing polishes as well as some of their new items. Again, abertcarcare.com. 
you can you can you can get away with in in that in that method too you can get away with using like a square foot of tape if needs be at all for the whole car you know just like just like you said jason you just keep working your way around with uh you know like a single piece of tape you know and you you know you just transfer it from one section to the next because yeah. you know we're hoping that we're not going to be dancing the machine on top of whatever it's hidden but you know it's a uh, you know there it's just it's just there for a protective factor um i, I always I say to, go ahead brandon go ahead. sorry oh oh yeah you know, no i will go ahead <laughs> yeah, i could go you know eddie's right you just have to pay attention you always have to be looking and you have to um try to think ahead of what you're doing but also focusing on what you're doing because things can happen in an instant faster than you can uh, you can take something away in a split second. Yeah. Yeah. I've always, you know, like whether it's a, you know, a a really really bad case scenario or just a new modern day scenario, I think that you know for anybody who's new out there and, you know, getting involved into it, I, like my recommendation or something that I've always said to Alex's question was, is uh, whatever work is going to be done to the car, see to it and have these conversations with the customer prior. So if they're looking at, at a window tint or if they're considering an exhaust or wheels or, you know, whatever it is that they want to consider, I've always told the people I work with to like, you know, get all, everything you want to done, just get it done to the car before and save the detail for last. You know, it's like if we see like a, like a, these barn finds, for example, and you know, like if, and if the car comes right out of the barn and if it gets cleaned, whoop de do if everything breaks, all the steels are gone, all the, you know, the, like the car doesn't run, you know, yeah. tired, like but we can clean it, you know, um, you know, so like, but that cleaning serves no purpose, you know, it serves no purpose. So the communication with the customer to just get everything done to the car prior to the detail and then try to get them to preserve their own paint, you know, yeah. Um, you know, preserve whatever, you know, whatever material, because we know that when we go in after cars, every single one of us, there's a level of abrasiveness that, that we're taking no matter what we're doing leather you know paint you know like as long as we're touching a car we're contributing you know so yeah. the less the, like the less contributions the better and most of those probably like what you were saying brian you know like you know if the car doesn't run or it's got this broken or it's that broken most of the time those types of details aren't really a detail it's more of just a let's get it clean and healthy to where people can come in and actually work on this and then like you said yeah. then come in and do the detail afterwards um it that's that's what it seems like to me you know watching some of these videos that you know not only that larry's doing but some of the other ones that are that are on youtube is it's more of a hey let's just get rid of like all the mouse droppings and the like whatever's and let's make this car at least healthy enough that people can work in and then once all that's done then we'll bring it back and then we'll do you know the detail that needs yeah. to come to it well because i mean through the process you could restore certain parts but then you know to that point what's the what's what's the point you know yeah. like i i like to save my own time and energy so it's you know like once 
once I it, like if I know somebody else is going to go in there, then I would rather them go in there and then, you know, do do this. Everything that we do detailing wise is last case scenarios with these cars. Uh, with Jason, with all the hot rods, you know, like there's, there's so much work that goes into those cars. Yeah. You know, um, there's so much work. I mean, the, the just the amount of hours and paint alone into those cars <laughs> is is insane. Yeah, so, I was uh, a buddy of mine, Paul Springer in California. He details uh, for a collection, and they did a fifty-five. There was eleven thousand hours just in paint and body. Work. Oh my Jeez. goodness! Okay, so it's wow. Southern California, so it's at least a hundred dollars an hour added up. Yeah, it's almost yeah. wow eight hundred grand yeah. for paint and body work. Wow! Wow! And you want to put water on that? I don't. I I don't want. Yeah, to. no. <laughs> I don't even yeah. want to touch it. <laughs> well, and, and the other thing is, if you do come across, let's say a barn find, right? Quite frankly, you really don't know more than what they just told you. Hey, we got this car in this this warehouse or this barn or whatever it might be. But you know, what do you know if you start shooting water to this car and then in the tail? How many cars do we know of that water has gone in through? the taillight area, yeah. for example, you know, and, and mo more modern cars, you know, there's a lot of cars that I've worked on in my lifetime that I see a lot of water inside different uh, acrylic, like the, uh, the, either the front headlights or the back taillights. And I'll see water in there, you know, a little bit signs of water, the bulb blows and all this and all that. So you think and you say, wow, you know, here I am, I'm getting a you know, car that's 60 years old, 50 years old, 40 years old, whatever. And you start throwing water and it's like, well, if you're really trying to do preservation, you got to figure out, you know, if, 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 if when you use that water, is, are you going to damage the car more yeah. than what it, where it's at? Because it might be a car that, you know, no water has touched that car in 30, 40 years. And by now, all the, because you got to remember all the weather seals, everything must be like ready to change period. And you cannot assume that water is going to stay away from getting inside a car. You have to assume that it's going to go where you don't want it. So if, if you course. go with that mindset, okay, the water's going to go exactly where I don't want it. So I have to control it. So what Kevin Brown does a lot is takes a, a heavy diluted car soap in a spray bottle and just Correct. sprays it away. That that's way, right. that's, that's controllable. That's yep. right. Yeah, or a steamer, would, you know, you can use a steamer, anything that, you know, a pump sprayer with water, DI water inside, and you're misting, you're not kind of like pressurizing water to hit areas because, man, you just never, never know where that water is going to go into and it would suck to open the trunk of the car and all of a sudden you got a puddle of water in there. Now yeah. you got another problem. You know, the car never had water inside and you've just introduced water to a trunk that has not seen, you know, daylight in 30 years. And right. uh, it's something that you cannot just run into and say, oh, I'm just going to wash it and clean it. I mean, uh, it's something you have to really, really get the car, look at the car and and kind of judge it according to its years and the, the whole idea that it's 30 years old. So you got to figure a lot of this stuff is either rotted, dry rotted, or it's not going to withstand certain things, you know, it, you know, it's just not. So you got to approach it with very, uh, with a, with a, with a, with a mindset of, I got to be very careful here. You know, how am I going to like, you know, Jason said, 
like Kevin Brown, you know, I got, I got to get a spray bottle and clean this area. I got to get something else and clean this area just in case. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't create a disaster, you know, and, my favorite uh, tool is a dry brush. Oh, okay. Like, it's a, just a dry brush, man. It's so it, where it works, it works all the charms. <laughs> Cause I think, I think something that a lot of like newer people, newer detailers, that maybe don't have the experience or the knowledge. I mean, if they, you know, I mean, whether it's a barn find 30 years old or 10 years old or five years old, you know, first thing they're going to do is like, Oh man, it's got all this, you know, inch of dirt on it. First thing I got to do is power wash that off. So, you know, I think that's, you know, what you guys one are of, saying well, is dude, like one of the tricks I've always done was actually use a brush and uh, hold the vacuum up to it. You know, as opposed to vacuuming or watering, you know, yeah, is like 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 if you hold a vacuum up and just kind of dust your way in, and I kind of like you can think of it like a, a you know, like the diggers, you know, and you know you're trying to find like some ancient artifacts, you know, you just right, kind yeah, of yeah. you just, know you're brushing yeah. the surface away. Yeah, Ar- archaeologists. Yeah, mm-hmm. archaeologists. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, taking yeah. the layers away. And never yeah. use compressed and never use compressed air on situations like that. Never, ever use compressed yeah. air if you don't want to see something bad happen. Incorrect, right? Yeah, it's a, it's all the situation, you know. I'm sure that all of us have like different parts rolling through our heads, you know. We're thinking about like this hose or that wire or you know, or or, or this piece of metal or you know, like a, a, a painted piece um something you know so it's like there's so many so many things to consider with that but like 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 i said i think that going with the just the really good communication is probably the best advice that we could give to anybody who's just coming in you know try to try to communicate because i was saying this to eddie earlier like many years ago like when i first started detailing you know like a, a customer would almost be the boss of me you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, like they ask you to fix something and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, you, you, you know, you think you can fix something, but you can't, you know, and uh, there's certain things where we just have to know going into it. You know, it's it's just better to say, no, listen, that's not fixable, not through detailing, um, you know, and, and, and just helping the customer understand, even though they don't want to hear it sometimes, you know, we have to uh, we have to tell them that you know that it is what it is so yeah you know it, and that's that's kind of the that's kind of the thing that i had with the with the porsche that i'm working on this week is you know my client picked it up it's a 95 carrera it's got original ppf on it from 95 like the pattern doesn't even like go all the way around the bumper like to the wheel wells it's just like the front part of the bumper and it's actually like two pieces seem together and you know and i told him in the beginning like i can't make any promises you know this stuff is so old and so brittle like it could you know peel paint and you know so he had that mindset going in like hey you know we we could end up damaging this bumper you know as we're as we're trying to correct it um you know my my you know tell to him or, or explanation to him was like look you got such a good deal on this car that even if you had to spend two or three grand you know to repaint the front bumper blend it into the front you know the 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 front clip or whatever 
like you're still going to be able to turn around and sell this car for so much more money. So let's not worry about it. Let's just get it cleaned up and then we'll figure it out from there. And, you know, of course, like you said, Brian, you know, you, you don't want that, you know, of course he's like, Oh, I hope it doesn't come off. I hope it doesn't come off. But, you know, as I'm peeling it today, just from impact marks over the years um, and such thin vinyl, you know, as, as it's peeling, it's, it's peeling out small chunks of paint. Um, you know, thankfully it's maybe something he doesn't have to do a whole bumper respray. He might be able to just, you know, get a spot spray guy who could do a real good job and touch it up. Um, but the information was the key. I let him know yeah. that way ahead of time and told him that I could not, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't say one way or the other. Let's just, you know, hope let's just, you know, expect the worst and hope for the best kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's always hard because, you know, we have this intent that, you know, we want to give the customer what they want. They have a vision, they have a vision in their mind. We see it. And, you know, but a lot of, you know, like the cars that, you know, say Jason and Eddie are working on regularly, for example, like there's a, there's issues around those cars where it's just, it's, there's inconsistency, yeah. you know? So, so it's, uh, you basically, you're always in that situation, you know, but with, uh, you know, but with the more modern daily driver vehicles, you know, like you can address and say, Hey, listen, you know, like this is not fixable. Yeah. You know, you can, you, if you see a scratch in the car in, in, in instead of sitting there saying, Oh yeah, let me just uh, drill away at it for, you know, however long it takes, you know, it's, uh, and then we're still going to be left with a subpar result, right. you know? So at least let them know what it is that they're up against beforehand. But I think that, you know, like if we just say, Oh yeah, let's, let's try to fix that. And we're not, and, and, it, and it, you know, like I said, is maybe we get a 75% fix, but you know, this doesn't make the customer super thrilled, you know what I mean? Because in, in their, their vision was to see it gone right you know yeah um so like to just to try to just to try to convey that to them prior you know because like i said i think it's more about us trying to do the right thing for the vehicles and the cars than it is you know to try to try to see their because of course we want everything to be perfect you know it's uh well yeah yeah of course because we're we're perfectionists to an extent you know we want to we want to make it's, it perfect as possible. <laughs> it's the curse, you know. So yeah. we have, yeah, we have to, you know. But we, but we, but we, but we, but we're, but we're also trying to be people pleasers. So, yeah. you know, we obviously we 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 want to please everybody. And uh, um, you no, know, Eddie was telling me a story earlier. You know, it's like yeah, there's a people pleaser type of situation you know and he's he's got a sticker you know sticking stickers all over the guy's car you know <laughs> basically showing the amount <laughs> yeah. you know like showing him the amount of issues you know and then once you know you run out of stickers you go to the store you get some more stickers and you keep loading his car all up and now <laughs> now and now this guy understands oh man like i got lots of issues <laughs> i just really wanted the car clean right you know? yeah i was t- i was telling brian you know we all get those clients that say oh i'm ocd yeah so right away when somebody talks to me at that with that language i'm saying okay so i go to my truck and i bring down my little stickers 
So then I say, okay, let's challenge this, you know, right, uh, right. OCD. Yeah. The funny, the funny part about it is that some, most or more of my clients say that I, that I'm like a doctor. I've cured them from their OCD after today. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll turn around <laughs> and I'll start finding things they never seen. They never imagined seeing they, you know, now they're like, why did you show me this? I never saw that. Now I can't right. sleep at night. Now yeah. I want to sell the car. <laughs> So the car looks like it has the measles. So on yeah. purpose, I'll put little tiny little round stickers, you know, like uh, that you do like with a hole puncher. Yeah, yeah. And I'll put real nice ones. I'll put the ones that have like uh, neon uh-huh. so they could see it really good. So I'll go around. The, and so the car have like 500 of these little stickers in the inside, in the engine, here, there, wheels, rims, everywhere. So now when they come out, they look at this and they go, oh, my God. What is all this? You know, and I said, well, these are all the problems that you didn't show. Me. You just told me about this and that. I mean, yeah, this yeah. Is so <laughs> and they're like, are you kidding me? And I go, no, I'm not kidding. You look. And then you start showing them. Oh, why'd you show me this? I never had seen this. I can't now I can't sleep at night. And and I can't believe this. I bought this car thinking yeah. that I bought a great car. And, and now you're telling me that it's been repainted and that it's got a paint blend. And look at these runs and look at this and look at this rust. And, you know, it just goes on and on and, yeah. and, oh, my God. And now you're showing me that they painted the interior. I never knew that. And now I could see it because you showed it to me. Why did you show me that? And it's like, da, 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 da. and going back and forth, back and forth. And the guy's like, like, you know, listen, just wash the car. And yeah, yeah, the car yeah. It. <laughs> you know, I'm selling the car tomorrow. On yeah. Tuesday. I don't want <laughs> yeah, to do with exactly. car. Please take all those stickers off. Like if it yeah. never happened, right? Yeah. He goes, oh, my God. He goes, I thought I had OCD. You're worse, man. Please yeah. don't ever do that to my cars again. You just scared the living crap out of me. You know, it's like, oh, my goodness. I never yeah. knew my car. Had... But, you know, don't tell me you have. Before. Yeah, I've done that before, Eddie. And yeah. the last time I went back to collection, the car was gone. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I told them. Gone. Well, you guys, have- you guys are detailing on a on a on a different level than most, right? So, like you, your clients probably want to know those things because they're playing, they're yeah. paying an insane amount of money for a vehicle that that they think is right, right? But I yeah. I, I talked with um, Justina um, Briars, and you know, one of the things she told me was was stop, um. Oh, what was it? stop educating your clients, right? Like when you see swirls on their cars, don't point them out to them, you know, because then like you said, Eddie, like they're going to see them and they're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, like I never saw that before, you know, kind of deal. <laughs> you know, she was just like, you know, just listen to what they say and then fix it your way kind of deal. Um, so that's what I've started doing lately is I, you know, people are like, Oh yeah, you know, there's no scratches on it. It looks real good. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we could just do a good polish on it, take care of what you see. And, you know, we'll, you know, so, but again, I would say, yeah. And, and, and most of the time that is the case, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I mean, for the majority of what's out there getting detailed regularly, right. Like yeah, this for is, you for yeah. you guys, like yeah, the amount of money they're paying for a car, it better be. <laughs> well, they want to know. Like, I have a handful of guys. They won't make any buying decision until, until you yeah. know. Yeah. And it's it's uh, 
it's always nice, you know, because I can always tell them, you know, I like you can always we can look past certain issues and say, okay, I understand this issue, but it's this is a this is an achievable fix, yeah. you know, and uh, but to them, you know, at least they spotted it, you know, and they want to address it with you and like, you know, but there's a there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of going back and forth and I like for myself, that's probably the biggest thing I love right now is the back and forth. Cause I, I get just as much of an excitement when people are buying cars as if it was my own, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so like I get, I get excited for them and uh, you know, and, and I enjoy that process of being able to talk to people about, you know, understanding the condition of their car. Right. You know, because right. I, it, it's not a bad car. Uh, you know, like we got like, you know, you could you could throw a GT3 and throw stickers all around it. At the end, of it, it doesn't matter. It's still a GT3 and people yeah. are going to buy it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we uh, kind of get to the end here, running out of time, I want to hear a story from each of you about maybe like the worst, you know, disaster detail, barn fine, you know, whatever type restoration job you guys have encountered and and did you did you accept the job or did you pass on it kind of thing luke i am your father oh hey guys caught me playing a little tommy boy with my new viper industrial fan listen you probably saw the facebook live we did a couple of weeks ago this thing blows out super cold air you would not be disappointed so head on over to viperindustrial.com and pick yours up today, or maybe even a chair. And don't forget to use the code DSP25 to save an additional $25 off of the deals that they're running. Um, I've cleaned feces out of cars. That's probably about my lowest point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're better man than I am. <laughs> I remember some lady pulled up to the car wash and had just, yep. you know, had an accident. And, uh, yep. You know, we, we well no she had she had uh pooped herself um and i and i quoted her a price and and you know she was like she was like i can't pay that much money and i was like sorry i'm not you know that's that's you know it's fecal matter you know that's biohazard you pooped your pants yeah my problem you know and she was like she was like can't you be a good oh, christian and man. just do it and i said I said, no, ma'am, I am not subjecting my my detailers to this for, you know, for nothing. No, it's not going to happen. She got mad and drove away. But yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jason? You you, what have you what's the worst that you've seen or done or turned away? I've I've seen a lot. Um, I would say that the first 1969 uh, Daytona. Uh, with the big wing and the front end and all that it was the first one in Washington state it had been purchased brand new and then it had been beaten driven hard um story is the guy would put his kids on the wing it has got the back wing on it yeah. and they would they would go around in the cornfield and just do donuts in it <sighs> so i mean it was beat and then it had been put away in 19 19- 86 in a chicken coop they pushed the car in a chicken coop it's 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 on the cover of magazine oh my goodness and so my buddy calls me up and says hey jay i need you to do a a miracle on it i'm like what do you want me to do now this car had hand 
um, pinstripes on the door. So it was all dull and faded and rusted and dented. And so, I mean, there were parts where we hand rubbed it. There were parts where I sanded a little bit. There are parts where we, you know, used the rotary. I mean, all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. Um, on some of the chips, I would just take a razor blade and just kind of scrape off the top and then just hand polish it. I mean, all kinds of stuff. But I mean, we had um, we had 80 hours, 90 hours, and just wow. the outside of it, just trying to shine it up a little bit. And it was single stage. So it was, it was, origi- it was original. So by the time you polish it and hand rub it, it would, you know, dull back out. So um, that was a that was a unique car. Jeez. What, about you, what color was it? What color was it, Jason? It was it was orange. It was orange. orange. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. No, that that is interesting. The color change thing, though. I'm always yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What about you, Eddie? You got any uh? mild ones crazy ones fun ones (laughs) you know i've been spared you know uh uh, you know i i'm there with all the other the you know being mobile for so many years you know i did see my hand uh, my my i i did see a handful of a lot of cars you know soccer mom's cars that kind of thing where it was a disaster like hurricane andrew went in there and stayed in there and uh you know it was like oh god you know, what is this? I used to do a lot of celebrity cars back then, a lot of baseball player cars. And some of the kids were just, you know, like go wild in the back seats and everything was allowed. And, yeah. you know, you just clean up a lot of little messes here and there. But I, I, I can't say that, you know, I've only had like messy cars because people had children and all that. Back then when I first started that I started doing a lot of daily drivers. But I can't remember doing anything that was like you know that i could say oh yeah that's the worst car i ever did uh you know i had bad cars but it wasn't something that kind of like say well you know uh this is the worst i think that one thing that i had a conversation with brian earlier that that's what i made him laugh a lot what i do have (laughs) there he goes he's probably laughing by now Uh, the topic is (laughs) garage barn finds and i said man one thing is barn finds and then as mobile detailers and for those of you who are listening and who are mobile detailers you will know what i'm about to say is true and we've had you know uh garage finds where uh you walk in there well you can't walk i'm sorry let me start all over Uh, i was telling brian i said they ask you to come in through the front door you know and you're like okay that's weird they don't open the garage door. <laughs> you know, you're thinking that the car is going to be, <laughs> you know, ready to go. And <laughs> you pull it out and you watch it, right? And I'm already laughing because you don't know how many times I've been in this situation. And I'm saying, okay. So uh, they walk you into the house and they get to the garage door. And you see the guy doing like a, like a football tackle to the door. And it's like, okay, what's going on? He's trying to push the door in. Something must be blocking it. And I said, you, you need any help? But no, I think the boxes that I have back there are locking the door <laughs> from the back side. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, why would you have boxes blocking the door to the garage from the inside? Well, when he opens the garage door, and this is something that I've come across, you know, many times. And uh, not necessarily Ferraris or anything like that, but just in general, you ask, you know, what's the craziest thing? I've been into homes. 
where you couldn't open the garage door. They used the garage door. You know, the, the railings of the garage door? That becomes like their, their where you, like you hang, they, yeah. <laughs> they hang things from there. <laughs> so you, have, you have pictures hanging from the garage door. And I'm like, wait a second, we can't open this garage door now. So it's like, dude, we can't even walk into the garage. It's going to take a week you know, for, for this garage to be even half clean. Yeah. And I've been in situations where, you know, they, the guy, well, I just got to open all this space. And I go, yeah, but the car's against the wall. How am I going to get to the other side of the wall, you know, to get this car detailed or whatever? <laughs> am I going to do a 50, 50, you know, just do half this side. And I go, you got to clear out this side of the, of the whole garage. And that's going to take a whole couple days. And people have their garages here in South Florida. Unfortunately, uh, they don't become garages for cars. They become garages for storage. And you got motorcycles, you got bikes, you got, and then the garage, and then the car, some cars are even covered with boxes, yeah. with stuff on top of it. They, be, they, be, they almost like, become like a storage shelf. It's a big table. Just yeah, set it yeah. on the car. Right. It's fine. And where's the car? No, it's underneath all these boxes. You can help me like, uh, dude, yeah. are you kidding so me? The, uh, first, the, the first thing about a garage, garage or a barn find is finding the garage. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even find the car. You open the door. Where's the car? Oh, it's you you, you, you got to get the car out of the chicken coop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that the worst moments for me has been walking into situations when I go into someone's house. And I know that when I have to go into someone's house and sometimes and I have to walk around the inside of the house and see somebody trying to push a door open, I'm thinking, oh, oh, oh here we go. You know, <laughs> this has been this here place. for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if they're not opening the garage door, because I'm used to, you know, I go to somebody's house and, you know, the electric garage door opener just opens the door and, you know, there's the car. Yeah, you go into these places and you can't even see the car, and then it's <laughs> going to take a, a demolition crew to go in there and take out everything. You know, because they, they, you know, they own, they have in there. Well, you know, and then they tell you the story. Well, this was my mom's stuff. This was my father's stuff. My aunties, you know, this, so there's stuff in there for 50, 60 years of yeah. other people's stuff, and it's in there. And then it's like, dude, you know, how are we gonna, how am I gonna even get to this car? You know, you're going to have to call me back in a month or two or three and find a place to put all this stuff you got in here because I can't fit in here. I cannot fit. I was telling Brian, I go, dude, I've seen, I, you're going to laugh. I've detailed in garages where the room is so limited, so limited that half, you know, I'm not a heavy guy at all. And uh, put it this way, that I've had to kind of like put myself in positions that are awkward. And yeah. I was telling Brian, the funny joke is I see snakes, you know, like a garden snake go by. And like, it, I feel, I feel like it's saying to me, well, I can't go in there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, I can't go in. It's so tight. I, they, you cannot. And then you're on the floor, dirty floor. You got dust all over your body. And it's like, I can't even get, I've been in garages where we've had to have jacks to lift a car take it away from the wall, put in the wheels something to move the car, just a little to slide it because the car don't turn on. And just to get it like probably like, I don't know, 20 inches away from the wall because there's no more, you, there's no more. You can't, you can't because there's so much in the garage. And it's like, what have I gotten myself into? I can't, I can't detail a car like this. 
I mean, I, I can't even open the doors. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, how does this happen? How do people think they call you to detail their cars and there's no room to detail their cars? It's, it's, it's impossible. So I find Living that. Experience. Oh, it, it's crazy. I mean, it doesn't happen. If you have a shop, they got to bring the car, but they would probably stay a month clearing out the garage. Yeah. They got the car, <laughs> but I've had a lot of encounters like that, that the garage space just becomes so tight that I, I don't fit in there. I mean, literally, I don't fit in there. You can't open doors. You have to clear out, you know, a million things. And it's like, you got to be wise with your time. And, you know, you want to be polite. 120 degrees. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And then they, they want to be nice. Can I bring you a fan? Yeah. yeah, put it on the side. <laughs> like if I need something, like I like I need another piece of trash yeah. in here, right? Please leave it outside. Give some some wind to the birds or something. Not me. I don't need it. You know, get all this trash out of here. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, you know. And that's just you know stuff I've gone through in my in the past where you know yeah it's not a barn find but man holy cow you know yeah there's all kinds of stuff all over the car on the walls on the floor. You get the you the get the barn find experience without it being a barn actual, find car. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think they forget about the car, dude. I mean, I'm yeah. I mean, you walk into you can't even walk into that garage like that. They just kind of peek through it. Yeah. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a car in there somewhere. Uh, good luck finding it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's you know I I'm glad I don't get that every day. I mean, it has happened. And it's an awkward situation because, you know, you got to tell a client straight out, you know, hey, listen, unless you clear out this whole entire garage, I can't come back to your house. You know, right. it's either that or you're going to pay me now for my time. I just wasted, you know, 20, 30 minutes. I drove all the way to your house. I made a day to come to your house. And, you know, you can't even open your garage door. Yeah. <laughs> you got things yeah. hanging in your garage <laughs> <Yeah>. door. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, this is ridiculous. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's stuff like that we come across sometimes. If you are a mobile guy, I mean, luckily I don't get this stuff often, or yeah. I don't see no, this. No, it's not an often thing. Yeah, it's definitely not often. No. Yeah, that, that's what I was just gonna say. I mean, how often are there, you know, really barn finds? I mean, you only really hear no. about them on TV if it's like, you know, something super crazy. You know, like you know, some high end exotic that's been locked away for thirty years or forty years or whatever. The last legitimate one that I did that basically came out of a barn or its grave. And it's been, you know, a year and a half, two years in restoration before I even saw it. Oh, wow. You know, like it was, it just, it just, it was so, so, and I think that that's the best way to handle it, you know, uh, un unless it's a situation where we're unburying this car and we're going to just button it up just enough to send it to auction and you know or, or you know what i mean or to sell it but uh, like there's one or two scenarios that'll make you you know do it or stay away from it you know but i think uh staying away from them until everything is done is probably the safest bet for auto detailers i like if i if i had somebody you know if i didn't if i was just starting out detailing and somebody called me up and said here i just dug this out of the grave come and fix it i've i've learned enough now to say you know no 
Yeah. But then, you yeah, know, but, you would, but would, would like you would 20, all over it. Yeah, but 20 year old you have the yeah, the, yeah, the smarts to say no, or, you know, yeah. is your ego going to jump in and be like, yeah, yeah. like I can do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm going to make that. me famous. It's going to be $35 and I'm yeah. going to get that. <laughs> $35 <laughs> and that's going to take me four days to do. <laughs> and yeah, two, yeah, two, yeah. two days to get out of the barn first. Yeah. <laughs> exactly but uh, i like uh i think that that's the best thing to do though to just talk to the customer and get it assessed and and then and then go about the detailing and because there's a lot to be talked about with the you know with preserving materials yeah. you know um you know with plastics and rubbers especially you know with these cars like there's a there's a there's a lot of it, it's always weird. I always, I always say science because like, I guess that's what it is, but we're not scientists, but there is a, you know, I think that there is a good, you know, clean and restore factor that can go behind the detailing, yeah. you know? Well, I think, I mean, what yeah, I, go ahead. I'm Ed. sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go. No, that a lot of times, like I'll come across again, I'll keep saying vintage because I, I'll, I'll say, well, you know, somebody comes across a car that's, it's been around for 30, 40, 50 years or whatever. And, you know, some cars might, might even have the original paint on them in some cases. And whatever you see on social media, and I tell this to a lot of guys, remember, there's a lot of editing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that go on behind yeah. the scenes that you don't know of. They're not going to show you if the guy's actually, you know, washing some part of the car and a huge piece of paint flakes off right off the car. They don't want to show you that. Uh, they might not even want to show you certain things that they're doing because it might not be appropriate to do, but they know that, well, I better not show this to the general audience because I don't want them to think that that's the correct way, but they but we feel don't want to let the customer see. Yeah. Right. So uh, you might be jeopardizing something that they, you know, somebody has a car, for example. And I, and I, and I say this because, you know, sometimes in social, in, in social media, we'll do posts and you have to be very, I would say very uh, uh, protective of your client's car. Uh, because remember, you know, like me, for example, I have a lot, you know, I have followers, but I also have followers, not just detailers, but I have people of, there are brokers that are people that are have car dealers that you know they and, and they're following they're keeping yeah. a very close eye on what i'm doing and people don't think this right so i'm telling those detailers out there be careful what you're showing because you might be showing something to their advantage that if that car goes out for sale they're going to say hey alex was doing a car and he was telling me everything on this video he made about what was wrong with this car. And he was showing it. Well, that can go against the seller. Yeah. You know, hey, man, you just ruined the hell out of my reputation of this car. You know, I mean, you showed this. You showed that it had rust. You had it had this and it had that. And it had Bondo and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be very, very uh, wise. Uh, when you, 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 you know, whatever you see on social media, it's not necessarily realistic, you know, because yeah. a lot of times people will show only what you, they want you to see, not necessarily what really is taking place. So if I was doing a, a real true barn find, other than probably just showing the car first, I would be very careful 
of what I am showing in the process because uh, it might just work against the seller yeah. later on because after all, they want to sell that car, you know, at yep, one point, yep, yep. it might be a relative that's had somebody's car, a relative's car there for 40, 50 years. And if you start kind of like, you know, showing all the worst things about the car and, oh, look, there's water inside the gas tank and there's, you know, <laughs> there's this, there's that. It might just get some people a little bit, you know, concerned. And uh, when I when I work on cars, you know, I'm, and I took pictures or videos. I have that, you know, and these are not barn finds. I, you know, I have to look out for the best interest of yeah. my client's car because I know everybody's hooked up on this thing about paint corrections and all this and all that. I, I tell this to a lot of guys. I go, listen, I'm not paint correcting every single car I get because number one, it, it wouldn't be able to get corrected because there's not enough paint on the car. And I've already seen enough flaws on the car, burns, uh, paint is thin, uh, you know, a lot of paint blends and that I cannot do a paint correction on the car because I'm just going to make things worse. And I cannot show that to the audience, you know, or to whoever's watching, because if somebody later on, because what you guys, you know, might not know is I get a lot of messages from buyers. Hey, uh, by the way, my name is you know, from Europe, from, yeah. from all over the parts of the world. Hey, I'm looking. Hey, that 288 GTO you're working on, do they want to sell it? Yep. Now, what if I start exposing the bad parts of that car? Yeah. Everything I've seen on that car, I start saying, oh, it's got this, it's got that, it's got this. And that goes in general with any car, right? So, you know, the paint correction stuff, the swirls and all that, that's not a big, big deal. But you got to be very careful that you, you know, even if it is a barn find, you have to treat it with a lot of respect and be careful what you are truly showing. And, and I'm sure that all these guys that are doing these, uh, you know, barn find videos, even, even like Wayne Carini, when he does uh, chasing classic cars that he does yeah. a lot of barn finds. What you don't know is there's a lot of legality going on behind the scenes that we don't know of, man, Right. that they're, they're making sure, Hey, are we allowed? Can we come in and film this in your house? Because, you know, you are going into somebody's barn or whatever they, they're showing. They're exposing how the place looks. They have to sign all these waivers you yeah. know, because you can actually make those people look bad on TV if you think about it. Because, man, these people are pigs or, you know, people yeah. start kind of like <laughs> making their own opinion. Yeah. Who would ever leave that, you know, type of car in the, exactly. in, you know, yeah. Yeah, a Bugatti all full of this and that. Yeah. That's crazy, you know. And it could go on and on and on. So you, I'm very, very protective of what I show. Right. Uh, I, I make sure that you know there's no reason for audiences to see this because there's nothing, be, you know, there's just nothing there, you know, other than it's just going to bring comments, negative comments to it. And I could see it because some people, you know, you show a dirty car, and sometimes, oh, you know, somebody will start going crazy making comments about how in the world can you have a $300,000 car and have it that dirty or, right, or look right. like that. And they don't realize that the owner that doesn't really take, you know, get involved in social media as much, but it's probably as a ghost just looking in there and seeing how people are, you know, saying negative things, harsh things. And right. I'm, I think like that. Yeah. You know, some people might not yeah, because think like then they, that. 
Yeah, then they're going to come back to you and they're going to be like, hey, Eddie, like, stop posting pictures on of my car or, on social media or yeah. whatever. And, you know, or you might not be asked back to to do the next car or whatever because of. Of course. That. Yeah. I mean, I learned, that, uh, I learned that lesson one time. I had a guy contact me years after the detail and he was begging me to take a write up down um because you know and he was explaining to me how it was affecting the sale of this car and i was like are you serious bro like you know but i mean and that's and but like again that's where we have to understand what eddie's saying is is that you know we like in in some aspects with certain cars we do have to uh be careful with, with what we're showing yeah. Well, there's, yeah, they there's... show if you if you get you know like if I post you know like for example you know Jason Ono he's an expert at this you know you take an F40 you start wet sanding an F40 you know in my opinion an original so. F40 <laughs> yeah. well <Dude>. no way <laughs> go for it you, know, you can do it bro oh, can do I, it. I can people, do it I know I know people can do it. people will you know people that who are collectors who are looking at you you know that are following you again in my case i know of a lot of brokers and a lot of dealers and you know reputable people that follow me you know that i know who they are and they know who i am you know very well and not people from the not necessarily people from the u.s you know people from the uk and people from italy so you start wet sanding an f40 and somebody sees that video they're gonna say what happened to that car? That that guy's wet sanding that car. Yeah, you know, it's like, what's going on there? Did they paint the car? Why is he taking off? You know, why is he taking off paint off the car like that? You know, and and you know, we see people do that, and uh, you know, I don't want to do that. You know, I mean, I've wet sanded cars, and I know what cars I would allow myself to put with the permission of an owner for some reason, good reason. Uh, that I'll wet sand it because there's a good reason why. Because, you know, sometimes it could be educational, but it, it's not a, something that I'm like, oh, man, this is going to, you know, get me a million views because I think it's a good idea. No, you know, there, there are reasons. And Jason, you know, can tell you very clearly, you know, why you should or shouldn't, you know, OEM finishes uh, be sanded or not sanded. And, uh, you know, people can destroy cars very quickly uh with uh, I, uh, you know eddie dude i was i was just in a situation a couple months ago where i had you on the phone and i was breaking because i was being forced to to do something i didn't want to do it was leading to arguments and everything yeah, I, re- and I, was, I remember that yeah, you remember i was breaking dude i was i was so done <laughs> like, and, and, people, you know? and people don't realize that a lot of these cars like the cars that i work with if I could only tell you, you know, uh, that a lot of the cars that uh, come from different automakers, for example, and not just to use one automaker, but for example, I know for a fact, because I do know how the process works uh, with some uh, automakers, uh, like when they're putting stripes on cars and stuff like that. Well, some of those cars, the factories are all outsourcing them to their chosen companies, right? Yeah. So guess guess what happens? The robotics paint them. They send them out to their out, you know, their their the, the contractors. They're gonna restripe the car. They put a stencil and stripe it. They'll wet sand that area, stripe it, put the stencil, paint it, and re-clear coat it. Then they polish it and sand it and all that. 
so yeah, of course you start seeing all the buffer trails and standing marks and all this and all that. Then you start thinking, wow, you know, this car's already been sanded already. You know, this paint's already been sanded. And now I'm going to come after what they've done, which they, and according to them, to the factory, they're, they're good with saying, this is good enough for us to send it out to the dealer. Right. So that's their quality control. They're saying, hey, this is as good as we believe it's going to be. It goes to the dealer. And then it's kind of like it's on your hands now because somebody sees a few things and you start wet sanding and you start buffing and you start doing this and that. And and that could become disastrous because I've seen it happen. And people don't realize that, man, be careful because I've seen factory stuff that it's, thank God that I've been able to catch it on time before I began and brought it to the attention of the owner and say, hey, listen, you see this? I'm not even going to come near it. I go, you can forget that. I could see what the factory did here. And quite frankly, I know why they did it because they didn't want to spray the whole panel and they did this for a purpose. I said, it would bring more problems if we even tried than what it looks right now. Yeah. And you, yeah. you got to be very careful, you know, with, with uh, how you show things on videos and stuff like that. On um, You know, going back to barn finds because you don't know, man, uh, what can happen at that moment. You know, you could be, you know, pressure washing something and uh, yeah. you blow a mirror right off the car. Yeah. It falls on the, and it, fall, it falls on the floor right in front of the camera, you know, yeah. boom. 40 year old mirror just well, you know better edit that out <laughs> yeah 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 right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, i'll tell like, you i'll tell you what i've learned about all this is if anybody contacts me for a barn find i'm just gonna shoot them to one of you three guys and then just ask for a uh, <laughs> finder's fee <laughs> yeah there you go that would be easy it, it would be easy. it would be cool to get uh you know all of us together and do a car of that caliber that you know we and 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 process and film the whole thing because what we would do and what is seen on youtube would be completely different yeah oh yeah you'd have to get a good editor like you said (laughs) i I wouldn't edit anything i would just say it is what it is that's right hey that's that's the motto of this podcast i don't edit anything it is what it is this is how you really do it like this is the legitimate way to do it. Yeah. And this is why yeah. we're doing it. Yeah. Well, I, I just think with um, and there's nothing wrong with social media. Again, I watch it, but I watch it with um, <laughs> knowing the other side. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of those people that follow and listen and watch those, they don't know what's on the other side. They don't have the experience of us three guys. <laughs> and really know what's going on. And a lot of that stuff is edited for camera purposes and appeal and all this, Uh, you know, and that's okay. It's for entertainment value. A lot of that's entertainment, Um, you know, and I've been on Gas Monkey Garage, entertainment value, you know, Uh, what, you know, what you see on camera is not reality. Um, So it's just, cause I get a lot of these questions too. Well, do you do that? Do you do that? No, I don't do any of that. Neither does Eddie or Brian. Yeah. Well, why do they do it on social media like that? Well, so Cause, people cause like that's, you, that's what gets likes. Yeah. And people like you yep. get those likes. And there's 
there's certain algorithms and way to do things. And I've talked to these guys on YouTube and they're like, yeah, we do it like this and this and this because we know how to get the views and the likes. It doesn't have to be, it's not reality. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And like, like you see, like, for example, exactly. He he hit the nail right in the head. Like tomorrow, I'm not going to say what kind of car it is or anything like that. But for example, my painter and I, we're going to take off the hood on a, uh, on a specific car and we're going to take off the doors on a specific car. And, you know, I did find at first, I thought it was something to do with the film on the car because it seemed like I said, how weird, you know, how can the film have solvent pop, you know, or, or it looked like I had chemical damage. So I told the owner, listen, I got to remove the film because it looks like the film is damaged, but I don't know, you know, so I removed the film and sure enough, it's on the paint of the, of the hood. So, you know, I did, I said, well, okay, let's see how far this goes. Uh, this, this, these solvent pops. I wanted to know if they were on the top or they're embedded deep under the clear coat. So I sanded it and I did my little trial thing and buffed it out. I said, oh, okay. Now I know it's fixable. So the plan of action is, okay, I could be a hero or I could be a zero. Zero, yeah. <laughs> so I could put this online and, and make guys think that, oh, wow, look what he did. You know, he, he removed all the solvent pops. He polished it and he made it beautiful. And here's the deal. In a case like this, okay, as is, you're already taking paint off to level the paint to begin yeah. with. Because you have to, and you have to sand it, you have to block it, and then you can only go so far before you damage anything, right? Before you get into the base coat. So I knew that before getting involved into wet sanding the whole hood, I said, let me do a trial run. Let me do a little section. Let's see what I've got and see if this is going to budge. When I noticed that it was going to budge and I said, okay, what's the plan of action? I stopped. And I said, okay, I called my painter and I said, hey, meet me here tomorrow. Let's take off the hood of this car. We're going to do this. You were going to sand the hood, you know, remove as much as we can of all these solvent pops on the car. And we're going to re-clear the whole entire hood. We don't have to paint it. We're not going to put base on it. That's the the deal. But we're going to pre-measure the hood where it's at right now. And we're going to go back, clear the whole hood. Then we're going to turn around and then shave off you know and bring it back to as close as we can to the original when we started right and this way we have enough clear coat you know to shave off and polish i'm not going to sit there and shave off clear coat off an original oem for no reason i mean what what good am i going to do yeah okay so i'll get rid of 90 percent of all that stuff but in reality dude you've left that hood with barely no clear coat now yeah and that's not good for that car so you got to use you know uh, you got to use your head and say well what's the best thing for this you know well the best thing is if some people say yeah but you're now you're painting it well listen you're taking paint off so which one is it if, yeah. you, <laughs> if you take paint off are you going to put paint back on because don't tell me you're going to put ceramic because that ain't going to work yeah, you know that just ain't gonna work. I go so uh, you're you're either gonna take the paint off or you're gonna put paint back on. But if you do it very smart and you say, well, if I put the clear coat back on and bring it as close as possible to where it was, then I fix the problem and I could go back and safely now block 
the whole entire hood because I have enough clear coat and, you know, and do a successful polishing cycles on, on the whole entire hood. But that's not something I would want to show. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it would just kind of like somebody would see that and say, oh, man, that car and he worked on, they're selling it. Yeah, look at that. And but they already painted the hood. Yeah. And you got to be careful, you know, even with the barn finds that, you know, what you're doing, what you're exposing to the public might not be favorable to uh, to the owner when he's selling the car. So you got to be very, very protective about stuff like that, you know, that you're not going to damage the image of that car because you want to try to make yourself look good on video, you know, and for getting likes or views and all that. That's that's not me, you know, for that. You will never see anything like that uh, from my side. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that a lot of the guys, you know, like like the three of you and and guys, you know, of your caliber is, you know, you guys don't do that stuff. Again, it's the the guys that are, you know, wanting that clout or that popularity or, you know, just just to get those likes and everything like that. They're the ones that are going to do, you know, show all the befores and all the afters and you know hey there's probably nothing wrong with that on like a newer you know style car that most of us are all working on but yeah i think you're right on the barn find stuff like that you definitely want to be careful what you show yeah you gotta you gotta be careful because you don't know who's watching and like i tell people you just don't know who's watching and you might just you know ruin the the image of the potential sale of that car yeah. And, uh, you know, that can look really bad on you uh, because, you know, you know, social media travels quick before you know it, people start sharing it. And yeah, you'll probably get a ton of views and it gets to the hands of somebody that is a friend yeah, of then, your client. Then you, then you lose a client or potential yeah, clients. Can you, and, can you yeah. imagine that? And, and then all of a sudden your client says, hey, Eddie, you know, my friend just called me and I just saw this video You know, I don't even use Facebook or I don't use Instagram. But he was telling me that you just posted a video of my car. Yeah. And and that you did all this stuff to it. And, you know, was it worth it? No. So, you know, you ra- you rather probably even just put a beauty shot of the car, regardless yeah. of what you did. Well, there's, there's, say, a, there's a lot of people out there, too, that don't want the they don't they don't they don't give two shits about what you're doing on your side. You know, uh, right. Jason, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. Yep, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yep. And dude, he said to me one time, you know, because I, I, I gave him a referral, you know, and and he, you know, he basically checked him out and was like, I don't care about all this glit and glamour. And yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I was like, no, man, there's a trust me, there's a pro in there, um, you know, but there's a but there's, you know, like that's a that's a people there's a lot of people out there that they they just yeah that's not even in their wheelhouse and like they would rather rather respect you not saying anything than to you know utilize their their piece of material for your own gain yeah and who we're talking about i've never posted one picture yes correct never one and that customer wanted me to sand every one of his cards and i said absolutely not i'm not touching it with sandpaper are you crazy <laughs> wow like because wow. you're you're crazy and i know what's going to happen if something goes bad so yep, we're not yep. we're not even going to entertain that idea so get that out of your head and calling out craziness to craziness is the best way to 
you know, basically get to those guys, you know? Oh yeah. It's one, yeah. Yeah. You like, you have to, you know, you have to be on the same level with them. You know, many years ago I had, and this is when I started learning and this is many, many years ago that I realized that, man, I got to be careful with this wet sanding stuff and all that. And that's before, this is how old that that's before social media became popular, you know, Facebook and all that, that we weren't using iPhones and all that. That's how old this was, right? We had phones back then, but it wasn't like we have today, right? And I remember this guy, he was super OCD, you know, he liked me a lot, he was into his cars, and he always wanted to, this guy would actually take out a notepad and write what I would do to his cars, so he can do it. The the guy was super picky, and uh, I'll never forget that, and uh, one night, uh, he had asked me, he had a 355, right, when the 355s had just came out. And this guy came out of the blues and he says to me, hey, Eddie, I know you do wet sanding because I see your work and all this and all that. And, you know, you're, man, I want you to wet sand this whole entire 355. I looked at the guy and I said, that'll never happen. And not from me. And he says, but why? You know, it'll look so much more beautiful, you know, and, and it'll look amazing. And I said, dude, you don't get it. These cars, they just won't look the way you're thinking. This is not... See, you got to understand that automakers do not do uh, custom paint jobs. Let's, under- no. let's get that straight out. They, they don't yeah. do custom paint jobs. They do OEM paint jobs, you know, that, and every manufacturer will dial in how much clear coat they want on their cars, period. And then they, they have fancy machines to tell them that. They have gloss meters that will say, okay, we want it up to this gloss. This, you know, this checks out. We want it up to this measurement that checks out and that's it. And uh, they're not putting tons of clear coat on cars to begin with. Oh, and it's, it's less than not less like now. Jason, you know, he's doing cars that are custom cars, hundred thousand dollar paint job, color sanding, blocking, you know, man, before you even get to the base coat, you know, you're already sanding the car like a million times. You get to the base coat, you're sanding that a million times. You get to the, and it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And by the time it gets clear coat, forget it. It's got so much clear coat on it that, you know, these guys could spend days, you know, just sanding, blocking, polishing, and just getting it to that uh, a finish that you will never, ever achieve with an OEM car. Let's just right. get that straight. And, no, it's, and it's, even if, it's literally impossible because it's not sanded right. in between the layers. So it's literally and, impossible. Exactly. And then if you even wet sand an OEM paint, and you start seeing flaws underneath that, you're in trouble because what will happen is you start exposing the flaws of the paint on the base part of it or on the primer part of it. Or even if you had a car that was repainted and that guy did a really bad job sanding the car, because I've seen that a lot of times, you start flattening that clear coat and then all of a sudden now you can see into the paint and you see all these scratches and scars and all this stuff, you know, from people scratching in the primer, the bait, whatever. And, and it's a nightmare. So I went to do this guy's car and I told him, listen, I'll never do that to any of your cars. You forget about that. If you had a little scratch or something, then I would try to, you know, make it better. Well, you know what happened to this guy? And he learned a lesson. He goes, I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. The guy calls me after I told him I wasn't going to do it. This is a very good story. So anybody listening can remember this. So after I told him I would not wet sand his brand new 355, I said, I would never do that to any of these cars. So you could forget about that. 
like two months later, he calls me on the phone and he goes, Eddie, I got something to tell you. Can you please come by the house? I go, man, are you okay? Everything okay? No, it's just my car. I go, what happened? I got a scratch. And I go, okay, where's the scratch? He goes, it's on my hood. And I go, okay. And is it that bad? He goes, well, it looks pretty bad. I go, what happened? He goes, because I'm thinking, how do you get a scratch in the hood? He goes, well, I was, you know me, I'm detailing my car. He says, I forgot to take off my Rolex. Oh, no. And the, and the buckle, you know, the, the, the buckle to the Rolex, the clip to, to tie it on, it, lacked, it actually grabbed while he, had, he was pushing away the windshield wiper. He went to grab it and to open the windshield and to, to bring up the windshield wiper so he can clean the window. And his arm or his wrist rubbed against the hood and it scraped like 10 inches. But it happened. He said it happened in, in seconds. You know, he went to grab the windshield wiper, but it happened so fast. He's not thinking, you know, I got my watch on. So he grabbed and it happened so quick and he dragged his watch and he zipped a huge line right across his, his hood. So I went over and I said, man, now, you know, now we got a scratch. And I said, listen, I hope you're going to learn a lesson today. You had asked me a few months back, you wanted me to wet sand this hood, right? I said, perhaps today, because I didn't wet sand your hood, might save this hood from getting repainted today. Well, to make a long story short, I wet sanded it. I buffed it just that, you know, throughout the area, removed 100% the scratch. The guy hugged me. The guy gave me a tip. The guy was like super statically happy. He goes, Man, now I see what I go. Do you, you see how thin I've just made your coat compared to the rest yeah. of the car? Don't, don't, I go, don't, don't do that again. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah last imagine time. Imagine if I would have wet sanded this hood and I would have left it the way you wanted it to be flat. I go, if you would have scratched this hood, I would have just told would've you to go done. straight to the body shop and go paint it. And that guy said, I'll never ever forget this example that you've left in, you know the impression of what happened because he saw he saw me with the paint meter and he saw when i measured and i said you see how thin this is and when he started seeing the numbers drop more and more <laughs> and more and he was like oh man he goes listen you went pretty deep but let's hope that you know it's not deep enough that i don't feel uncomfortable of continuously blocking because you know i don't want to go that far well like I said, 100%, the scratch was gone. That guy never, ever, ever asked me again or even dared to even mention, I want to wet stand one of my cars. I said, you do, just don't do that because wow. you got to leave room there in case something ever happens. Because he never envisioned that he would get his own Rolex and scratch his hood in, a, in, in, in seconds. Yeah. He had a 10-inch scratch well, there's across no, the hood. There, and also, too, like there's no devaluing you know because there's a lot of people right now detailing and uh prices are high you know market oh, is yeah. good. Now it's... prices is high the market is good and then like there's no devaluing making a good call you know like you can make a good call and you can still do a great detail and you can still charge the money for that you know it doesn't have to always fit the description Right. You know. And people are sell and people are selling cars nowadays. I just came from a state. I went to see five supercars for a seller. 
And, you know, I, I kind of like had to bust the bubble on, on one of the cars because when I saw the car, it, it didn't have certain things on it. And I said, dude, this car has been repainted, you know, and uh, it wasn't a fun moment because this is a $5 million car and the owner didn't know it. And I was, the, and he goes, well, let's go upstairs and see if that part of the car is been, uh, <laughs> what's that all about? <laughs> it's, it's bedtime so she's trying to get me to i don't know she likes to come in here and mess with me when i'm doing podcast it's Haley. So, can, you say, can you say hi to everybody hi, hi Hello. Yeah. so the guy didn't know and and you know they asked me about this specific car and the guy pulled the car from the sale he said you know according to eddie's findings i can't sell this car to you guys uh, and then the, the guy that wanted to buy the car had asked me, well, how much do you think it'll cost to paint this car? And I said, look, even if they tried to paint this car, even if they tried, which I don't know, it might go into the $150,000, $200,000 market, uh, you know, price range. And that's if, if they could even do it. So, you know, sometimes, you know, having knowledge about things before you do it, it is so valuable yeah. because... If you make that one mistake, that's it. You can it, it can become a disaster, you know, for 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 the car owner. It's the old you know, adage, like measure twice, cut once. Yeah, that's look, right. If it looks weird and something's not right, always go in the first instinct. Yeah. If something's yep. not up, take a break, look away, because every time I've burnt a panel. I've yep. been in a rush. I've been in a hurry. I haven't been relaxed. I haven't yep. been in my zone. Yeah. You, especially when you take sandpaper to a car and as aggressive as I get, you know, Brian's <laughs> seen me, Brian's yeah. seen me how aggressive I get, you know, but there's, it's, it's a process. I know every time I move that block, I know exactly what's going on. If I don't know, that's when mistakes happen. Right. Yeah. Well, Listen, guys, I, I appreciate this, man. Kilmer, thanks for, thanks for the idea. You know, Eddie and Brian, thanks for coming on and, and talking with this. Cause I think it's, I think it's a cool topic, you know, I mean, yeah, there's not, you know, everybody doing barn finds, but that's what I think is cool about talking about it is because, you know, if somebody were to call me tomorrow and said, Hey, Alex, I've got this, whatever sitting in, you know, my garage for the last 30 years. Now I feel like I have a little bit of knowledge of what I would do or how I would, you know, like Eddie says, plan the attack, you know, kind of deal. Um, so I think it's kind of a cool thing to, to talk about. So I'm, I'm, you know, I really appreciate you guys coming on and, you know, Jason, you coming up with the topic and this has been a lot of fun. You guys have a great night. We'll uh, chat soon. Awesome. Thanks. Sounds good. Thank Thanks. you for Bye having us. Guys. Bye guys. All right. Good night guys.